with somebody tonight. Come on, get me where I need to be. I'm going to get started. I'm going to get right there and we're going to get there. We're going to get there tonight. We're going to get there. Yes. What's up, Verge? What's happening, baby? Hey, what's up, baby? What's up? Going to give something good tonight, man. Come on, let's share this with somebody. Let's share this with somebody. I need just a few more people. I'm almost there. Three more people and we there. Let's do it again. Three more people and we there. Guaranteed. We'll have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs friends. Listen to me. The longer you live, the more important friends become. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't fall off on me. Yes. Come on. Come on, another 30 seconds. We're going to get right into this. Hey, Tanya. Good to see you. Good to see you. Come on. Come on. Get it. Get on up. I need two more. Two more. Come on. So I can get started tonight. Ain't nothing like friends. Listen, listen, I want to get right into this, man. I want to get right into this because I just want to talk about a couple of things tonight, mainly around nonprofits and what that needs to look like uh, for you. First of all, I want to say to you, uh, happy Black History Month. Uh, realizing that every month uh, ought to be, you know, because there is no American history without black history. Uh, America, talk about their history from 1776 but blacks in America started in 1619. And so when we say 400 years, 400 years, 1619 to 2019 is 400 years. And so, so we've been around and we've been making a difference. And don't let nobody make you feel bad about the contribution that you continue to make uh, in this great country. So listen, man, I want to get right into this because I get so many calls. I get so many uh, emails and calls about, hey, Doc, you know, I, I, I think I want to, I think I want to. I think I want a grant. I think I want. Uh, 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 you know, I got an idea and I got a concept. And so I'm gonna deal with this tonight, man. Cause listen, I, I do this for a living. It's on my website. 
Uh, my website is easy to remember. Uh, somebody will put it in the comment section for me. But it's just ellisresearch.com. That's all it is. It's ellisresearch.com. It's one word, ellisresearch.com. Uh, and that gives you a lot more information about, about those services. But anyway, uh, so listen, 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 listen. You know, um, you, you, you read in the paper and you hear about people going uh, to uh, the Duke nonprofit uh, 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 course, and, and, and which is great, and you need to do that. Uh, you hear about other people being awarded monies to do things. Uh, in the community, so so let me just let me just talk to you because you know somebody who's thinking about a nonprofit, right? So so let me just start off to tell you uh, that right now I manage three nonprofits. Now you don't need to be trying to do that. I manage three nonprofits: Together Transforming Lives, uh, 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 you know, affirming, teaching, and training together, uh, and then I have uh, Cape Fear Regional Bureau down in in Fayetteville. So I have three three nonprofits that I manage, and not even including the church. Now, the church is a nonprofit, but it is not a grant-receivable nonprofit. So I'm going to explain that to you because I want you to get, a, get you a good understanding because many of y'all got churches and, and, and y'all talking about uh, grants and that kind of stuff. Now, you don't need the 501c3, and I'm going to get in that a little bit later, if you just want to be a, a food bank. You know, you want, you want to do those kind of things or a clothing-type thing. Uh, you don't need all of that. But if you're going to start dealing with money, if you're going to start dealing with money, you're going to need it. Hey, Mary, how you doing? So you're going to need it. So let's talk about nonprofits, and we'll see where we go tonight. All right, now, I got about five reasons, five or six reasons why you should not start a nonprofit. So let me deal with them to start with. These are five or six reasons why you should not start a nonprofit. Uh, the first reason is if you're unhappy on your job. If you're unhappy on your current job, uh, a nonprofit is not the answer for you. That, that, that's not the reason that, you know, too many mad people are trying to get out here and, and do nonprofit work. And you got to have the right personality for this. You got to have the right personality to do this kind of stuff. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you about this in a moment. You got to have the right personality because you got to be able to raise money, right? You got to be able to raise money. So, so I'm going to just tell you to start with. So stop that stuff about I'm mad and I don't want to work for nobody. Because if you don't want to work for nobody, you don't want to be a nonprofit because you're going to work for somebody. You're going to work for a board, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment. So let me be real clear, right? So if you're unhappy on your job, you don't start a nonprofit. The second thing is if you need more free time. Now, Misha will tell you that, right? If you need more free time in your life, nonprofit work ain't for you. It is not for you because you're working when everybody's asleep. We don't even know what holidays are. In the nonprofit world, we don't know what holidays are because we work all the time, right? We work when we need to work in order to get to who we're trying to get to. So, so if you need more free time, you got a little bit of kids and all that kind of stuff, no, no, nonprofit world ain't for you. It ain't for you. Now, the third thing is, if you're trying to make a lot of money fast, if you're trying to make a lot of money fast, uh, play the lottery. No, I'm just kidding. But not the nonprofit. Nonprofit world is not for that. I'm telling you, man, I get so many calls, all right? I get so many calls and text message emails about the nonprofit world, right? I don't know what's out there on the street about Ellis and, and nonprofits, right? And that kind of thing. But 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 I've been in this nonprofit thing for more than 20 years. And I started off by making one in conjunction with the church ministry that I had. Right? That, that's what I did. I made one in conjunction with the church ministry that I had. And and I'll talk about how one feeds into the other and be able to do that in a moment, right? 
So, 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 so I, I didn't make a lot of money fast off a nonprofit. There's nothing wrong with, with deciding to put a salary in a nonprofit to, to, to benefit you or whoever's, whoever's operating it. They should be on a salary. You should have a staff. Uh, what determines your salary uh, is, uh, is your qualifications, right? Your qualifications. And that, that's important. Now, I'm going to come back to that, that your qualifications. You cannot, well, you should not have a high school diploma and have a salary of $100,000 in a nonprofit. You should not. Now, the reason I say should not, because I know somebody who's able to do that, but they had about 20, 25 years of experience doing what they're doing, right? But, 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 but watch this, though. Watch this, though. It should be equivalent to your level of experience and education. You got a master's degree, you should be making in a nonprofit what people would make in a corporate setting. Right, if you do it right, okay. So I'm gonna talk about that in a minute, okay. The, the the fourth reason why you should not start a nonprofit, if you don't understand organizational infrastructure, if you don't understand organizational infrastructure, right? You know, if you don't know the difference between what's restricted and non-restricted, if you don't understand uh, direct and indirect costs, you know those kind of things, then you shouldn't be starting a nonprofit. You should be going some some training or bringing in a consultant, right? But you should not be doing it, okay? And the fifth thing, the fifth thing, uh, the reason why you should not start a nonprofit if you have control issues. If you have control issues, the nonprofit is not for you because the nonprofit is run by its mission and by its board. Let me say that again. A nonprofit is run by its mission and by its board. So you can't just do what you want to do. Let me give an example. Well, I, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, uh, but, but I want to be clear about that because there are a lot of people that got nonprofits, but they're defunct. They, they got the name and the name only, but they're not doing anything with it, right? They just they, they came up with an idea or whatever, uh, didn't know what they were doing and decided to get into this nonprofit world. Nonprofit organization does not mean you don't make no money. Right? It does not mean you don't make a profit. You have to make a profit in order to stay above water, right? Because your building might need a roof on it. Your building um, needs furniture in it. So you got to make a profit, right? Nonprofit is, is really when we start talking about tax exemption, right? And tax exemption, those kind of things. And I'll talk about that briefly. Now, so those are reasons not to start a nonprofit. But let me give you some reasons why you should. Let me give you some reasons why you should. Uh, the first thing I want you to know before I get deep into the reasons why you should, I think it's a good idea uh, to volunteer or work at a nonprofit before you try to start one. D did you hear what I said? You need to work at one or volunteer one, right? Volunteer one. Now, um, so 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 let me give you reasons why you should start a nonprofit if it fits for you. If there is a gap in services within your community. If there's a gap in services within your community, let me explain to you what I mean. Uh, 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 when I was in Enfield, when I was in Enfield, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Alvin Harmon, was pastoring uh, First Baptist, and I had uh, St. Paul. And um, the key from duplicating services, uh, Alvin was doing something around uh, clothing. He was collecting clothing and that kind of clothing closet and that kind of stuff. And because we were in the same area, I stayed away from that. 
I stayed away from that. So if people needed clothes and, and, and that kind of linen closet, then they went to him, right? They went to him. Uh, my specialty um, um, was around, uh, uh, you know, I dealt with what I call the three H's. I dealt with homework, which was education. Uh, I dealt with housing. I dealt with health. Um, and, and, and that's kind of how I built my, uh, my nonprofit. But there need to be a gap in services. That's going to become very important as I go on to talk to you later about your ability to get grants. You're going to have to have a gap in services. In other words, uh, the person next door to you can't be doing the same thing that you're doing, right? Because you're going to have to be able to tell that story. Now, uh, and I need to say this to you off the bat. Let me just say this off the bat because somebody's listening to me right now and said, hey, I'm going to start me a nonprofit and I'm going to make a whole lot of money. Let me tell you something, right? I want you to remember this, right? Organizations and people give money to people or to a person. They do not give money to just a concept and an organization. It's important that you remember that. If you're not a likable person and you're not an effective person, right, you're going to have a very hard time in the nonprofit world. It is a charitable organization, right? It is a charitable organization. When you start thinking about uh, corporations uh, that are in, in businesses that are making money, they don't want to take time to feed the hungry. So they support nonprofits or they start nonprofits as an arm to do good, right? Businesses, right, are there to make money. Let me be clear with you about that. Businesses are there to make money. They don't have the obligation to do good, right? Nonprofits are there to do charitable work, charitable work, right? Uh, uh, so that's, that's important. Now, so the first reason that you ought to start one is that you ought to know your community well enough to know that there's a gap in services. There's a gap in services. Nobody's doing this, right? Nobody's doing this. Uh, and you got to know what that is. In other words, you got to be connected and influential within the community, right? Just stop this idea of trying to pop up everything. And let me say this for the record, uh, now that a few of you listen to me, I hope you share. This idea of everybody opening up a boutique selling clothes, let, let me tell you something about that, right? Let, let me tell you something about that, right? If everybody's doing it, right, it's going to have a short chef life. It's going to have a short chef life. You got to be doing something that others are not doing. Right? I need to back up and say that again. Right? Because you're going to saturate the market. Your family and friends can't buy but so much from you. Right? They can't buy but so much from you. And then you're going to have supply chain issues. Right? So, so, so again, you got to think about this thing. I don't care what kind of business you're in. Nothing wrong with a home business. Right? But make sure, right, that you're not uh, um, the Venn diagram. That you're not that you that you're not just you know falling all over one another doing the same thing. So find a gap that, that other people aren't doing. Okay, let me give you an example. So I'm gonna give you something for free. Can I give you something for free while you listen to me? A great idea right now that can give you a nonprofit and and, and get a whole lot of. Um, you can't do it during the pandemic, but soon as the pandemic is over, let me tell you what you can do. Right? Uh, uh, if your church has a family life and wellness center or anything like that, or it's a building, uh, you can start uh, a gymnasium with midnight basketball. And you can get money from the uh, Department of Juvenile Justice. Uh, they probably call it uh, public safety there or something along those lines. 
Because if you do midnight basketball on Friday and Saturday night, you're taking kids off the street. So you're cutting down on crime. So you can look at the Governor's uh, Crime Commission and you can look for money that way. So, But you got to run midnight basketball, right? Not basketball uh, competing with the YMCA because you don't have that kind of money. But if you play midnight basketball where, where the place was open from 10 o'clock at night to 2 o'clock in the morning, see, then you could get some funding for that. So you can get some funding for that because you can employ people to be referees. You can employ people to handle the lights and clean the place up. Uh, and then you can run basketball games, right? Men and women, right? Boys and girls and keeping them off the street, right? Cutting down on the crime. So, and, and, and the police can volunteer and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to give you all the ideas, but I'm just telling you so you can be thinking because that's not happening in Rocky Mountain. Not midnight basketball. See, that's not happening. See? So you got to find a gap in, am I helping anybody? You got to have a gap in services. Let me give you an example. Right, that always works. If you're doing veteran service for veterans, you're doing veteran services, right? You're providing things for veterans. Here's something you might know. I'm gonna give it to you. And I'm gonna move fast. Uh, the one thing that homeless people like more than anything else is socks. It's socks. They have no socks and they have no place to get their mail. So you think about that and conceptualize something that provides so that they have a place, maybe to come in at night, lay their head down. They can pick up their mail. They can receive mail, right, and a hot meal. Whatever you want to do, co-located search. I'm not going to give you all the ideas, but what I'm trying to tell you is if you're going to start a nonprofit, you need to find a gap in services. What are they not doing in Rocky Mountain? What are they not doing in Wilson? What are they not doing somewhere, wherever you are, right? You must find a gap in services. Number two, here it is. Uh, a nonprofit is a great legacy tool. Right? It's a great legacy tool. Understand this. It will last beyond you. Right? It's an entity within itself. It's not owned by anybody. Right? It may be, it may be managed by an executive director or a president. Uh, it may be monitored by a board, but it's not owned by anybody. And so it's, a, it's perpetuity. It's a perpetual organization that even when you die, Right, it can continue to move forward. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of organizations that are willing to donate stock to nonprofits. Right, right. I, I ain't going to give you all my ideas. I do this for a living, so I want you to understand that real clearly. Some of the richest, Hershey, for instance, uh, 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 has a, a nonprofit uh, foundation that's not owned by anybody. Simply uh, started by Hershey, who didn't have any children. And he just wanted to do good. So it, it is a legacy. It is a legacy. It can continue to go even after your death. And let me tell you something else. Now, this you think this is crazy. If you have children who don't get along and you're not sure what they're going to do with the few pennies that you have left, if you have a significant amount of money, let me tell you something. Start a nonprofit. You start a nonprofit, they can't do nothing with it but do charity. Right? They can't go in and do anything with it. All you got to do is do the paperwork, and it goes into a nonprofit. And it'll continue to do good even after you're gone. All right? And, you know, it's a tax write-off. So, now, it's also, number three, uh, it's a great way to employ targeted populations. It is a great way. A nonprofit is a great way. For instance, if you're dealing with uh, a, a, a low-income individuals, right, uh, and you offer them services, it's also a great way for them to work at the nonprofit. It is a great way, 
right? Now, many organizations like, like Need Incorporated have a tripartite board. Right, and the incorporated has a tripartite board. I've done, I've done their their, their audit and investigation several times, and so I'm very familiar with the operation. They got to have tripartite. One third of their board members must be the targeted population, must be people they serve. Right, so that means you can have governmental officials on your board, you can have other people well to do on your board, but one third of your board must be like if you do housing, if you do housing. Uh, authority. You got to have people that live in your housing on your board, right? So, so it's a great way to employ people, right? As 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 an employment tool. So, start a nonprofit and you do that. And watch this now. With a nonprofit, it, it's not like uh, somebody working at the school system or somewhere where you know they, they, you know they got a, a charge on their sheet uh, for smoking weed or something like that. A nonprofit, man, if you're doing rehab and that kind of work, those are the kind of people you want working for you. Uh, I do that all the time. My operation down in Fairville, uh, I got guys that are, that are going out and, and, and driving my van and doing the testing, and those guys have criminal records. Now, they can't go into the jail, right, because they can't get into the jail because of that criminal record, but they can do all this stuff in community, and they know where everybody in the community that I need to get in touch with because they're part of that community. So, so it's a great way to employ people. Let me give you an example of something else. Let's say you have a son or a daughter um, that is wayward, that, 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 that you know, uh, um, you, you know, that's not a finisher. Uh, and a nonprofit is a good way to let them get some training that they need, right? Or, or to learn to answer to somebody uh, and then not be told cutthroat for them, right? So it's good to be able, it's good to, be able to do that uh, and allow them to do that. Also, you have the ability to let interns uh, come in and provide some of the workforce uh, that you need. So there's all kind of creative ideas. I don't want to spend all your time on that, right? So that was the third reason. Now, the fourth reason, you need to listen to this. The fourth reason, uh, it's a great tax haven, right? It's a great tax haven, right? Um, uh, uh, nonprofits are a great tax haven. Let me explain something to you. Now you're not you're not gonna like this. This is as late as 2018, right? You by law can put 60% of your adjusted uh, uh, gross income in a nonprofit. Yeah, one that you manage. You you can actually take 60% of your adjusted gross income and put it in a nonprofit, and that way you're not taxed for it on your own taxes, right? You're not taxed for as an individual and a nonprofit, right, is a tax exemption organization that can do the work, right? That's all I'm gonna tell you. It's a great, it's a great tax write-off. That's why I tell people all the time about even, even about tithing and giving. Uh, tithing and giving at your church is a great thing if they keep good records because you need those tax write-offs. You, you need them, you need them. Right? Well, nonprofits are great for that. Right? You can start a nonprofit, especially if you make six figures. You make six figures, I mean, the taxes are going to hit you real hard, man. So, so you know, you start a nonprofit and you literally donate that money to a nonprofit. And you could be on the board or whatever the case may be. And so you can have some say on how that operation operates. Instead of giving that money to the IRS, you can give it to 60%. Right, 60% of adjusted gross income uh, as of 2018. That, that's, that's what it was. Uh, I'll look and see what it is uh, this year. 
Uh, but it makes no sense that you pay the kind of taxes you pay and you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't understand. 2%, the 2% of the richest people in the world uh, have a foundation. They have a nonprofit. They do. They do. And watch this now. I, 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 I ain't hating on nobody. I'm celebrating. I'm telling you, right? All these athletes that you celebrate because they come back home and they do stuff, they do all that stuff through their nonprofit. That's what they do. Vince Carter just started one uh, in Toronto, right? Uh, that's doing things for young kids up there that want to be athletes, whatever the case may be. And so all these athletes, that's what they do, right? When you see them signing a, a contract for $20 million, that's a lot of taxes. So they signed the contract for $20 million, but watch this. They take a large percentage of that, right? And they put it in a foundation. Tiger Woods had a foundation, right? Steph Curry has a foundation. So they take that money and they put it in a foundation. Now they raise other money for the foundation. I'll talk about that. But they take their income and put it in the foundation. And so whenever somebody needs something, they don't have to give them anything of their own money. They can drive all the fancy cars that they want to drive. But they can put it in a nonprofit that, that buys vans, that transport people, uh, 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 just all, you know, feed people. They can do all that stuff and they write it all off on their taxes. That's what they do. They write it off on their taxes. Right? Now, you're not going to like what I'm saying, and I'm not saying that it should happen, but look, your former president... Right, pay what? $859 in taxes? Right, he, he didn't pay any taxes. Rich people don't pay taxes. Right, they, they, they start foundations. And they put monies in the foundation. And they got people that run the foundations, like, for instance, Trump, and, you know, his son ran his foundation. So, sure, you know, they travel and all that kind of stuff and plane tickets and all that kind of stuff. So all that stuff, is, it, it, you can write it all off as part of the, 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 the business expense, right? So you got, you got to learn that. So I just want to tell you that. That's a reason to start a nonprofit. The fifth reason that you ought to start a nonprofit, uh, it's, a, it's a great way to give back. It's a great way to give back uh, and build community, right? It's a great way to build, uh, to give back and build community. Uh, let, let me say this to you, and this is kind of this is this off strip. Let, let me say this to you. Uh, you know how you know you with the right person. Do you know how you know you with the right partner? You're with the wrong partner if you all's conversation is always about fixing something and repairing something. If that's y'all conversation all the time, it's about fixing something, fixing somebody, fixing some incident, or repairing something. There's a problem. The right person that you need to be with is talking about building something, right? It's talking about building something. See, you got to have enough sense to know that when a building leaks so much, it's time to tear the building down. You can't keep calling the plumber, the roofer, right, or whatever when the structure is in bad shape. Sometimes you got to go and, and build something. Right? So I just wanted to put that out there all the time because, see, you got to go into business with somebody or you got to go to bed with somebody, whatever the case may be. But stop dealing with people who always got to fix something, fix somebody, fix some situation, and that's all your conversation energy is about. Really, the future is about building something. Let me get back home to it, right? So it's a good way to give back and it's a good way to build community, right, to really make a difference. It's a good way. 
Uh, the guy, uh, Bill uh, 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 Phillips, uh, Bill Phillips, you don't know him. It's Black History Month, and you don't even know him. But he's the first black man to build a golf course. He built his own golf course. Because after World War II, right, even though he had served in World War II, they came back and wouldn't give him a GI Bill because they gave it out to all the white soldiers. They wouldn't give him a GI Bill, and they wouldn't let him play golf on, on the golf course. But he had been a caddy. And so he built, did you hear what I said? He built his own golf course, the black man. See, that's how you deal when doors are shut. See, when you go into a shut door, hell, build you a new building. Right? Did you hear what I said? If they keep shutting the door on you, right, stop knocking on the door that they won't let you in. Build you another building. Right? And I just want to tell that to somebody listening to me today. Because you got to think big. That's what I tell my folk. Think big. You're spending too much energy thinking small. Right? If you're going to do a nonprofit, think big. I have a nonprofit idea right now, but I can't get enough people to really want to understand this. I'm talking about getting a U54 grant. Right? I'm talking anywhere from five to $15 million. Right? To do a project. But you can't get us to get along together, right? Because you got to have cores in that. You got to have a community core. You got to have an administrative core. You got to have a training core. All of that, you can put it together. I, I, look, I've worked on a U54. I've helped put it together and got it funded, right? So I know how it works. But you can do it at a community level, but you got to put the right person in charge. And your pastor might not be the right person to be in charge. Now, they might be in charge of the church. But they're not, not a good person to be in charge of what I'm talking about doing, right? He might be, but he don't need to be in charge of the whole operation. So what do you need? What do you need? Danny, real quick, so you can go down and get you a piece of chicken, throw it in the back of the throat. What do you need? What do you need if you're going to have an effective nonprofit and you're going to make a difference? Here it is. The first thing you need is a viable concept. You need a viable concept, right? You need a vision, mission, right? You understand what I'm saying? Right? Objectives. You got to have a viable concept. Ain't something to just you saw somebody that's doing it and you want to do it. No, because you remember what I told you, you got to be based on a gap, something that doesn't exist. So you got to have a viable concept, right? Because everybody tell you you got a good idea, but 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 you got to be able to you got to be able to build a border plate around that thing. You got to you got to be able to, to do some research around it. It can't be because you ate a hot dog and you had indigestion and you decide no no you got to do some reading, boo. Did you hear what I said? You got to do some reading, right? Because I'm going to tell you later, these grants don't want things that aren't proven. They don't want things that aren't proven. You, you just got something in your head. No, no, no. You got to do some research, boo. You got to do some research. So, so it's got to be a viable concept, not just a concept. People hit me all day long with a concept, right? They want to build it over here. They want to build it. Let me just address that anyway so you understand, right? Brick and mortar is hard to come by. Most grants, not all grants, but most grants are programs, right? They're programs. Now, they might help you pay rent, but they ain't going to let you build no building. Now, I understand there's some organizations, uh, but those are exceptions. You ain't got there yet because if you got there, you will be listening to me. You ain't got there yet, right? So you don't have an OIC yet, right? So don't, don't go there with that idea. You can't go just build your clinic from the ground up, right? There's a whole lot of other stuff that's got to happen. First of all, you don't know anything about FQHC and another 330. So you don't, you can't just go there with that. That that's beyond you. You need to you need a consultant for that. That that's not what you do. Okay. So you gotta have a viable concept. 
Second thing you got to have is you got to have business and organizational acuity. Business, organization, and operational acuity, right? That's what you got to have. So you got to know how to hire people. Watch this. You got to know how to make sure people are working, and you got to know how to fire people legally, right? Legally, because you can get yourself in a whole lot of trouble. You got to know how to hire people. That means you got to have policies. You got to know how to write policies, right? Hiring policy, diversity policy, workplace policies, uh, uh, all those policies, you got to you gotta be able to write those policies because you got to have those in place, right? You know, I mean, you, you, it's an operation. It's a nonprofit is an operation. And you got to have that stuff, right? Because people ain't going to give you grants without it, right? You got to have no budgets. You got no QuickBooks, all that kind of stuff. You got to know it. So you got to have business security, operational security in doing that. The third thing you got to have is a contributing board. Okay, now watch this. A contributing board. Let me say it again so the people in the back can hear it. A contributing board. Nobody needs to sit on your board that doesn't give money. Everybody on the board need to be making an annual donation. Everybody on the board need to be making an annual donation, right? I'm on the Friday Fellows Board, uh, board, board of directors, board of advisors, and we give every year. We give every year. Because you need to be able to report to a grantor, a person that's going to give you money, a foundation, that you have 100% of board members that contribute. Because if a board member don't think enough of the idea to give their money, it's not a good idea. Why should an outsider give money, right, to a nonprofit and your board members don't believe in it, right? So you need to make sure that you run your idea. Watch this now. I'm trying to help somebody right here because it's going to be real valuable to you. This need to be real valuable to right here. You need contributing board members and watch this because you really, really going to need to understand this. Don't let everybody get on your board, right? Because you remember what I told you. Eventually, the board members, right, run the organization. They don't run it day to day, but they have the oversight. Now, you, okay, so here's what you're going to do, right? So you're going to get out there and come up with an idea, a concept, beat the street, do fundraisers, write grants, talk to people, smile at folk you don't like, have dogs biting you around your leg, knocking on the door to raise all this money, and you're going to let people get on your board. They're going to talk to you like you stupid. Think about that now. Th think about that. You let people get on your board and then they throw you off. <laughs> so you missed that, didn't you? So you missed that. So here's, here's the key to it because in the business world, people do it all the time. In for-profit business, people do it all the time. Always make sure you have a controlling interest on the board. Make sure you have a controlling interest on the board. Okay, all right, let me make, make, make sense to you. Right? If you're going to start a nonprofit, put your mama on the board, fool. Your mama ain't going to throw you off the board. See? Right? So you got you to think. You got to think. You, okay, I tell you what you do. Right? I tell you what you do. You start a nonprofit in your church if you want to. Right, bro, pastor? You start a nonprofit, right? And put all the deacons and trustees up there if you want to. Right? As soon as they get mad at you, you know what's going to happen, don't you? 
It ain't got to have nothing to do with that organization. They can get mad at you about something else down the street. They're bringing it to that meeting. So I need for you to understand that real clear, right? Make sure you always have a control of the interest. Remember, it's your idea. It's your concept, right? It's your work, right? And then you're going to let them get up there. No, that's why you make them give, right? Because you're reporting to them. Right? The, the law of North Carolina says you have to have a board meeting only once a year. Once a year. That's it. Now, you want to do it more often than that, right? Especially if they're contributing board members. You know, you want to be able to do it at least once a quarter, right? You want to be once a quarter and come in and report to them what's going on and, and that kind of stuff, the board chair and all that kind of stuff, uh, and be able to do it. But why are you reporting to people who don't even give no money? They can at least give $50, $100. You got people on boards out here don't give nothing. Nothing. Right? They don't volunteer. They don't do nothing. All they want you to report to them, right, where the money is so they can go out in the street and tell other people where your money is. Right? Okay? So let's say that they don't have a whole lot of money. They can help with your marketing. They can help with your marketing. They can help with your networking. Right? They got to be able to hook you up with funders, right? Let me explain something to you. Here it is, Verge. I want you to understand this, right? Um, um, everybody who's going to do something ought to have a banker. I don't go to just any bank. I go to the same bank. Right? Are you listening to me? I go to the same bank because I want them people to know that if I'm investing money in their bank, right, when I need something, Right? I need them to come on board. So I need a banker. I need a CPA. Somebody who can handle an account and understand it. Right? You, you follow what I'm saying? Get business-minded folks on your board. Right? Get business-minded folks on your board. And every deacon in your church ain't business-minded, boo. They got up there because they family wanted them up there. So you better be careful. I'm talking about people who going to give money. Right? Right? They give money. They got a pledge that they make at the beginning of the year, and they meet that plan because you need operating money, right? It ain't just grant money. I'm going to talk to you about that when I close out. It ain't just grant money. You're you going to need some operating money, money that's not controlled by no funder, right? Because you might need to buy a motor in your van when your van blow up. Ain't nobody going to give you money to buy no motor, but you need to have money in your operating account that you can go buy a motor if you need to. Right? I'm trying to help you. So you need to get this. You need to get this in your mind so you understand exactly what I'm saying. Right? So so starting a nonprofit ain't as easy as it sounds. Alright? So you gotta have contributing board members. Right? Contributing board members. Right? I mean that, that that's just what it is, right? Now, the fourth thing you need is you need startup costs. Yeah, you need some startup money. Right? Because that's a startup cost, so you need some startup money. You gotta be able to cover the startup costs. Let me explain something to you, what I mean, startup costs. Um, um, uh, nonprofits uh, can get their name from the state of North Carolina. You can file and get your name for about 60 bucks. You can knock in your name, and then you can get an EIN. If you don't know what an EIN is, you ain't ready for a nonprofit, right? Uh, it's employment identification number. It's, it's, it's what we call a tax ID, okay? Now, once you do that in the state, that's only 60 bucks, okay? But then you got to have bylaws and all that stuff, 
And then you're going to have to go for 501c3 status, which is federal recognition, which is tax exemption. Now, that's going to cost you anywhere from the low end of 900 right, to probably $3,000, right? Okay, so so automatically to get 501c3 status, you got to give IRS $800, right? If you think you're ever going to make more than $10,000, you got to give them $800. So if you find a friend that does it for you for $100, I don't know who's going to do it for $100 because most lawyers charge you two, two to $2,500. $2,000, $2,500 just to do the work. So you put $2,000 plus the $800, you're talking $2,800 that you got to have just to get the incorporation, right? Just to get the incorporation. Do I do the incorporation? Sure I do, but I don't do no work for free. I don't do no work for free, right? So so don't even, because that ain't fair to my paying clients. So I don't I don't spend time uh, uh, doing that. No, no, not, so so don't don't contact me about that. Because I'm not going to incorporate your organization for free. I do it a lot. I've done a lot of them. I've done a lot of them. That's some people on this call right now that I did the incorporation for them. But they pay me. Right? They pay me. So they understand that. So I get it done. I know how it works. Right? And they do that. So I'm not soliciting any business like that. Uh, uh, but I'm telling you, you got to have some money. Right? You got to have some money. And the consultation ain't, ain't free. You have somebody to come in and listen to your idea. My rate right now is $300 an hour. That's my rate. You go on my website. I told you, ellisresearch.com. Uh, uh, my, my rate is $300 an hour, right? So so you want me to review a concept for you, right? Nowhere else do you go and get it for free. Don't nobody work on your car for free. Don't nobody do any of that stuff for free. So why would you think that someone is going to work to help your nonprofit uh, boom uh, absolutely for free? So you need some startup money, and you need contributing board members. People who pay, people who pay, right? Do I sit on boards? I sit on very few boards. I'm asked to sit on a lot of boards, right? But see, that interferes with my business. They want to get my skill set without paying me. So I don't just jump on a board, right? If I look at something that they're doing, uh, then I might consider doing it. You know, I sit on a couple of university boards, that kind of thing, right? That does good in the community. I look to do that, okay? Uh, but even they take care of my travel, so when I got to fly and all that kind of stuff. So so I'm telling you, you got to have some money. Now, and so here I want to spend the last bit of my time, right? So what do you need? You need some grants. You need some fundraising. Now, I told you that. You got some fundraising. You got to do some stuff, right? Some chicken plates. I don't know, whatever, right? But you got to have some fundraisers. You got to do that. But then you got to have some grants, right? You got to have some grants. Now, you will not get grants if you don't already have the 501c3 status. Now, let me be clear with you about something. I told you earlier, people give money to people, not just ideas, right? So people give money to people. So here's the key. If you want to get grants, right? You got to have a history of doing good stuff, right? Okay. Y'all didn't hear what I said. You got to have a history of being engaged in the community. You got to have a history of being a part of something. Now, so one of the ways you want to do is maybe you want a subgrant, right? So, so here's what I mean by subgrant. That means you're not the person that controls the grant, but they give you some monies to do a portion of the grant. So you what we call a subgrantee, right? You, you're not the person that applied for it, but 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 they need you to do some work on it, and so they give you a subgrant, right? 
When I first started, um, I think my first grant uh, was $8,000. I think it was $8,000. Now, that don't sound like a lot of money to you, but it was like a lot to me. $8,000. I was real good with the $8,000. And so in a couple of months, they called me and asked me that I want $25,000. <laughs> you know what my answer was? Do I? So then I got $25,000, right? And then I got uh, hundred and I think $175,000. When I got to $175,000, I pulled out of my full-time job. See? I was doing that congruently, right? But when I got to $175,000, I wrote into the grant that time a position, right? Uh, and that position was paying me equivalent to what my full-time job was. And I knew I had enough money for a couple of years. And so I took on that position and I've been rolling ever since. Okay. That, that's, that's, that's how it worked for me. Now, um, uh, so, so I needed to say that I needed for you all to un understand that, that, that I did it congruently. I didn't quit my job. Let me, let me say that for the people in the back. I didn't just quit my job, right? Because the nonprofit may not be able to give you a salary at the beginning. You need to be doing the work, right? Then you do the work and then you'll, you'll learn uh, you, you'll learn how to do it now, right? So, so let's talk about uh, just briefly for a few minutes about grants. Um, you're not gonna get a grant just to get a building to have your name on it, right? That, that's not gonna happen, right? That, that's not gonna happen. You got to have some activity that's going on uh, that's structured, right? That has a measurable outcome. Right, a measurable outcome. Not just, well, we're doing a good job. I know we can do it. Can you prove it? Can an evaluator like me come in and look at what you started with and what you're doing now and be able to tell somebody definitively that you've made a measurable difference in that community? A measurable difference in that community. Right? See? See, so this thing ain't haphazard. You know, and let me just say this, right? Let me just say this, right? Right? You got to have some sense, man. So, I mean, you got to have some smartness about you to run an organization. Stop thinking you get mad on your job, right? You don't want to work for nobody. Now you're going to start a nonprofit and run it. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. That's why you have, that's why you have some of these pastors. I mean, I'm cool with most of them. All right, with them. Right? We have some of these They can't run no nonprofit. They can't run one. No. They don't have the acuity to run one, right? Because they won't let nobody else be in charge, right? They don't have the business sense to do it. They're theologically uh, gifted to do what they do. But from a business perspective, a nonprofit, because running a nonprofit is not like running a church. It is not like running a church, not running a nonprofit. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. So you run the church. See, so you and the deacons and the trustees, Y'all over there telling the people what y'all want to tell them. And the folk go along with it. But when you run a nonprofit, you're dealing with a legal entity. Right? And somebody's going to come in and check that out. Right? Somebody's going to come in and check it out. Right? So you got to make sure you got timesheets on people that's working. Right? All that kind of stuff. It's gotta have, you got to make sure they're qualified for the level that you're paying them. Right? You can't take nobody with a high school diploma and you paying them $35 an hour. How you going to justify that? Right? So all that has to happen. Now, let's talk about grants. 
right? People want to get grants, but what you really need is grant management, right? Have you done enough inventory on your organization? Do you know where your assets are, right? Your skill sets, right? Because you got to write this thing. You got to prove to somebody that you have an idea that has been really thought, just, I mean, okay, so, all right, you want to do an after-school program. I get it. Everybody want to do an after-school program. So what makes you think you can do it better than the school system? What kind of background do you have? Are you a retired teacher? Are you a former teacher? Are you a former educator? Right? Do you write curriculums? Do you understand curriculums? Right? Do you understand lesson plans? Do you know how to write lesson plans? See, all those things you need to be able to understand. Right? Do you understand how to run an educational institute? Because that's what it becomes. Right? Do you understand the requirements? Do you understand what the fire department is going to require from you to have those kids in there, right? So all those things, you got to think through it, man, and you got to put that stuff in writing, right? You got to put it in writing, and you got to have a history of doing it, and you got to have some qualifications, right? You got to have some qualifications to be able to do it. Now, so what are the types of grants? Let me run through this real quick, right? There's a lot of types, but I'm going to just give you six, six types of grants that I want you to think about. The first type are corporate grants. Corporations, corporate grants. Uh, that's like uh, Pfizer right here in Rocky Mount, uh, Merck uh, in Zebulon, whatever the case may be, pharmaceutical companies, Ford, Motor Company, Coca-Cola. All those have grants, right? They're corporations. They're corporations, right? Uh, 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 you know, I call them corporate foundation grants. If you go onto their webpage, most of them have a foundation, or they call it charity. Right? You can go in there and they'll tell you what the requirements are. Right? But you got to be a great reader and a great writer. Right? I'm a grant reviewer. I review grants on a federal level, a local level, state level. I, don't, I review all those grants. They call me in. I go stay for a couple of nights or whatever. I read grants or whatever I need to do. Or they send them to me, whatever the case may be. Right? So, so I know what people are doing uh, and they're writing about. And you're competing. Right? The Catholic Church is getting crazy money. Crazy grant money. The Catholic Church is just doing it up, right? I flew out to Missouri to be with them in some training. They're really doing that thing, right? And they're doing it to a major, a major, they're doing it big, right? So you got to have corporate foundations. Now, the second thing is you need corporate giving programs. Number two, corporate giving programs. Uh, that's like uh, QVC. Uh, QVC has an excellent corporate giving program. Right where where the idea uh, the QVC uses is that their employees can give to your organization, right? Just like CF, CFC or whatever it is, or uh, state or the thing that you do if you work for the state, they bring that thing by and you sign up to give money to an organization. Well, they do that too, right? So people can give. So every month you get a check from QVC. Every month you get a check from them because because it, it's part of their giving program, right? So you you, you know you're able to do that. Right? The third type of grant is what I call a private or family foundation. Private or family foundation. For instance, a family foundation like KB Reynolds. KB Reynolds is named after a family. Right? The Reynolds, right? RJ Reynolds, the cigarettes, KB Reynolds, you know, the the, the you know the cousin, whatever it was, sister, whatever it was, right? And so, so uh, um 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 uh KB Reynolds is an organization that deals with two entities. Now, they may have expanded it, but they deal with health on one side and they deal with poverty 
uh, the needs of the poor on the other side. And they give out grants uh, twice a year. They have two cycles. Uh, they have a February cycle and they have an August cycle. And so you have to call them about a consultation, right, to talk about your idea. See, some of this stuff you need help for, right? That's what I'm saying. You need to, you need to make sure you work with somebody to learn how to do this thing to start with and don't be wasting your time. Do you going to get frustrated, right? So you got to understand how to talk the talk, really talk the talk. Then you got to have a history of doing the work, right? So then you have private um, uh, and fam um, family foundation. Then you have what I call public and community uh, foundations. Uh, that's like Golden Leaf. Golden Leaf right here in Rocky Mount on Winstead Avenue uh, received, a, a, you know, if y'all remember the split of the tobacco money, uh, half of it went to Health and Wellness Trust Fund. Uh, the other half went to Golden Leaf, right? So Golden Leaf has buku money uh, to be able to, to, you know, to do some things in the community, especially around employment and that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, I, you know, I managed a, a piece with Golden Leaf uh, around uh, 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 preparing people to become nurses. Uh, I did it with uh, Wilson OIC for a period of time, giving them the skills that they need to be able to do that. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I could tell you an idea right now. An idea that somebody could use right now is preparing a young, uh, uh, young black boys uh, to be firefighters. Uh, a pre-academy before they ever go to the academy, right? You you could set up a program to get them prepared for the academics and the, 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 the physicality that's needed. I mean, that's just an idea. I ain't trying to get you to do, I'm just telling you, okay? So public and community foundations. Uh, number five, and I only got one more. Number five is federal grants. Now, let me tell you something about federal grants. Uh, I've gotten money from NIH and, and OMH, Office of Minority Health, NIH, National Institute of Health. Uh, there, there, there's money uh, at the Cancer Institute. I'm working on something right now. Um, uh, so you, you can get federal money, but you got to know how to write a federal grant. And you got to have uh, a, a DUNS number. If you don't know what a DUNS number is, you're going to need some help, right? You got to have a DUNS number. You got to have um, um, uh, somebody help me out. What's the other number? It just, it just blew my mind right now. You have a DUNS number. Uh, then you got to have, um, it'll come to me in a minute. Because uh, you got you gotta renew it every year. You got to renew it every year. Uh, so it's just numbers you got to have. Uh, you got to be able to do it. Um, somebody hit me up. Sam's number. There it is. You got to have a Sam's. You got to have a Sam's uh, number that you got to renew every year. You got to have a Dunn's number. So you need somebody with some administrative skills, right? Uh, and, and, and you do that. And, and a place like that, NIH, uh, uh, there's a place that does a whole lot with young folks. Uh, there it is. Yeah, uh, you got to have uh, uh, young folks. Uh, out of Virginia, that there's a place called uh, 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 AFC uh, uh, that deals with family and children, right? Uh, uh, they got a lot of money. <laughs> they got a lot of money. I do a lot with them when I go into the school system. A lot of time, uh, that, that, that's called they funded a situation. I do uh, abstinence only. I've done uh, pregnancy prevention, all those kind of things. Uh, th there's monies to do those kind of things. Um, uh, marriages-related program. So there's a whole lot of things out there, right? A whole lot of things out there uh, that you can do. Um, and then finally, you, local grants. Uh, the state the state got money. DHHS got money. DPH got money. Uh, uh, North Carolina Department of Social Service got money. Uh, uh, North Carolina Public Safety uh, got money. Uh, uh, Governor's Crime Committee. All the places got money, right? They, they, they all got money. It's just a matter, you know, do you understand the mission of their program, what they're trying to do, right? You know, uh, 
I mean, there's so many things that you could be doing, right? Reentry program, right? There's a whole lot of reentry program. How do how do how, how do people find jobs when they come out of the criminal system? You know, the the, the prison system. You know, how how do they find jobs? How do they develop skills? Uh, you can work with these community colleges and offer uh, a retraining program. There's a whole lot of ideas uh, out there. But here's what you need to understand. Don't nobody give you money for nothing. People give you money to do the work. They give you the money to do the work. I'm doing an initiative right now around earned income tax credit. Right? I've been doing it now for, for more than a year. Earned income tax credit, making sure people are maxing out their, their earned income tax credit, those that are, that, that, that are eligible for it. Right? Based on their income, a lot of people are not getting all that they can get back from the government. They're not because they don't know. So they're not doing it. Right? And so, so I'm, I'm working that initiative. I'm going to do it. I'm working an initiative right now, uh, um, um, uh, and I didn't even mention this, uh, out, of, out of Virginia, uh, you know, with Cancer Institute. I'm bringing cancer initiatives to the church. Right? That's what I'm trying to get your pastor to do, Rev, whatever you call him, Elder, whatever. Right? Right? You know, they should, your church, right, should be offering more than just preaching. So I knew that was going to get me in trouble right there, didn't it? I knew that was going to get me in trouble. Coming out of this pandemic, in order to recover, right, and get people back in your building, back in your church, you better be doing more than just preaching because they're going to get preaching online. Why do they need to listen to you when they can listen to Jakes and Creflo and, 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 and McKissick and all them, all them guys, right? You know, right now. So, so, so when it's time for you to re-enter back into the building, right? There's something to be said about fellowship. I get it, but you better be doing something. You hear what I'm saying? Your church need to be doing something, right? And so you need to have that serious conversation with your pastor, right? Y'all need to be having that serious. Y'all got a big old building, and nobody go in there but on Sunday. All that building y'all got. Ain't nobody on Sunday and Wednesday night for Bible study, which 10 people go, right? You got a great big building and you ain't doing nothing for the community, right? See, you ain't doing nothing. So, so the reality of it is, is man, you got to do something. So y'all got to have those conversations. And most of the time, the reason why your pastor don't want to get involved in it is because they don't know how. They don't know how. Now they'll pay and let a preacher come and preach y'all to death. They'll pay thousands of dollars to bring somebody in and preach you to death. But that don't bring about change. And they won't pay a, a mere consulting fee or anything to go in and get something that provides it for the community. Right? We could do this thing on a major scale here in Rocky Mountain. We really could do it on a major scale. I'm talking about a U54. I'm talking about five uh, all the way up to $20 million. Right? It's been done. It's been done in Jackson, Mississippi. I travel around the country. It's been done in Cleveland, Ohio, Akron, Ohio. It's been done. Right? They got a medical mall in Jackson, Mississippi. Right? Now, if Mississippi can do it, we can do it. Right? From a community perspective. Right? But we got to make up in our minds to work together. Right? And we can subcontract to anybody we want a subcontract too to get the work done, right? To get the work done, right? But you got to have some business sense. 
Somebody write it. Somebody, somebody write in the comment section the word business. Right? Business. It's a non-profit business. Right? 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 Business. And see, most people don't go to school to understand that. This ain't no home, this ain't no, this ain't no mom and pop operation that when you start talking about 501c3 status, we're talking about making a difference in our community. And we're talking about doing it big. Right? I'm talking about doing it real big. I'm talking about putting people in housing. Right? I'm talking about dilapidated housing. Being able to go over to South Rocky Mountain uh, and be able to do something that really matters. Business is what it's about. Right? We need, we need to have some serious conversations about, you know, what do we need to do? Right? What do we really need to do? And stop this stuff about who can out-preach who. Man, I ain't studying that stuff y'all talking about, man. Who can out-preach who? And then you got to borrow money from your parishioners. Shut up. Shut up. You're standing up there. Oh, come on now. I ain't got time for that. Right? Let's do something that matters, man. Let's, let's do something in the community, man. Let's, here's the thing right here. I'm going to help you out, right? It, think about cancer itself. Eastern North Carolina is number two, number two in, in the world for prostate cancer. For prostate cancer. Can't we do something at the community level around cancer, around prostate cancer? L look what's happening right now with cancer, even with people that got to go all the way to Chapel Hill. They drive all the way there, right? Watch this now. Two hours to get there, and then they got to pay for parking. What about the out-of-pocket expense that when a person gets cancer? Shouldn't nonprofits be in a position to help, to provide something for them? Bernie Sanders just gave all that money from, from the little meme that, that everybody laughing about. You know, we was on Facebook, making, you, know, we, you know, we had him sitting all up in our churches and stuff, Right? He put that on T-shirt, had his folk put his meme that y'all were laughing about with them little mitts on, all that, on T-shirts. He put it on T-shirts and sold every, every T-shirt that they could make, everything they could make, and took every penny and gave it to Meals on Wheels, a nonprofit. Every penny. So in a nonprofit world, there's always somebody waiting out there to write you a check. They're waiting to write you a check. But you got to partner with somebody and act like you got some sense. And the difficulties in churches is we fight about everything, man. We fight about the color of the carpet. That ain't thinking big. The color of the carpet. Let's think about building a youth center. Get some of these kids off the street. How about this? How about we build a center where young folks can get counseling for free? Where well, it ain't got to come off your insurance, they get it for free. How about co-located services in your building where uh, you're running some nonprofit stuff, but you allow other people to rent space from you to do their stuff? Co-located services. So there's a whole lot of ideas and concepts, man. Uh, I've been doing this thing, man, for 20 years. I've been doing it for 20 years. I, I, you know, I still ain't ran out of ideas yet. I've ran out of people, but I haven't ran out of ideas, right? I mean, just medical care, right? The things we can do. Everybody can go to the clinic. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The way they're doing the COVID right now, that your grandmama 
who's 75 or older or 65 or older got to go online to sign up for an apartment? That's crazy. Your grandmama don't know about the internet, but your nonprofit can get into this COVID. That's all I'm going to tell you about it because I'm working on something right now. And you can really help with getting these folks vaccinated in our community, in our community. Because we know our community. We know our folk ain't going to be able to make no appointment on no John Brown internet. Health department got a little site that you got to go on and do that. What your grandmama know about that? But a nonprofit, right, in Virginia right now, in Richmond, Virginia right now, uh, VCU, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, is right now getting ready to partner with the Ministerial Alliance in Richmond, right? I know because I'm working with them. They're working with the Ministerial Alliance to bring the COVID vaccination to the church. To the church. Now, the thing is, you got to follow the same guidelines of state. They got to be 65 years or older. But watch this, though. They ain't got to go online to try to get no appointment. At the church, you can use your email list, your text list, and you can send it out to the people in your church and tell them at St. Whatever, right, Saturday morning from 8 to 12, we're doing vaccination. That's in our neighborhood. That's in our neighborhood. And we can provide those services in a whole lot of other arenas. What about cancer? What about mammograms? What about uh, dermatology? What about using uh, telemedicine uh, so a dermatologist don't have to, you have to go drive away to the Raleigh to see a dermatologist, but he can look at it on the camera and go ahead and tell a diagnosis from that and that way it cut down on transportation. I got a whole lot of ideas, a whole lot of concepts whole lot of ideas and concepts that are working, that are working. I ain't just talking about haphazard, but are working, that are working. We should be training our own mechanics, man, our own mechanics to fix some of the stuff that needs to be fixed, garage doors, all that kind of stuff. Where's the handyman, right? We should be able to go to nonprofits right now, right? And they should be training people to be able to provide services on houses, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, listen, I just wanted to come spend a little time with y'all Talk to you about nonprofits, man, because I'm telling you, there's a, a there's a major need. Let me tell you something. If they sign this packet, I don't know if it's gonna be 1.9 uh, trillion dollars. Did you hear what I said? 1.9 trillion dollars. They're gonna be a whole lot of money out there to do a whole lot of good. Whole lot of money to do a whole lot of good. Where are we gonna be at? Right? Where are we gonna be at? Right? A whole lot of good. Who can do more good? in our community than we can, right? And who's going to do it right? We can. So I'm just telling you, as you sit and you think, but here's the thing now, don't be texting me, don't be calling me about me doing nothing free because that ain't how I do. I gave you free stuff tonight, right? I gave you plenty of free stuff tonight. That's how I earn my living. Again, through ellisresearch.com. That's how I earn my living. That's what I do, right? But I do it all over the world. Right? I do it all over the world. Right? I've done it in Ivory Coast in Africa. I do it all over the world. Right? Uh, San Francisco, California. I just do wherever uh, people need for me to go, that's why I go. I've, I've flown from, from Atlanta and done it down with Emory University and flew back and never came home and got on an airplane and flew, flew to Chicago, Illinois. And have done it for the Vietnamese on the west side of Chicago. Right? I've been to the, 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 the uh, 
uh, uh, the South Side of Chicago and talked to some people down there what they needed to do in order to be able to do this thing. So, so, so don't take advantage because, uh, you know, as I said to, to someone the other day, um, we got to get away from this thing about free, right? We got to get away from this idea of free. But if it's valuable to you, right, find some people that, that, that buy into it and get to doing it, right? Listen, this is your boy, uh, Dr. Danny, man. I'm excited again about all of you all. Uh, man, let's do this thing together. Have some serious conversations with your faith leaders, man, about, hey, listen, uh, like I said, man, anything you do for a veteran, God's going to bless you for it. Anything you do for a veteran, God is going to bless you. Think about veteran services. Think about handicapped services. Think about the special needs. I could give you a whole lot of ideas out there, man. A whole lot of ideas, right? But listen, you got some, right? Uh, but listen, we need to make this happen. Listen, you need a real friend. You need a real friend, right? Be the friend that you need, right? Appreciate y'all. We'll holler at you. See you next week.